Blog Talk Radio. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, each and every one. I would like to thank all of you for joining in with us this evening. Now, usually at this time, you would be here hearing the voice of our very own Minister Bernard Morrow and his ministry, By Faith We Good. However, he is away in conference this weekend being fed and nourished in the Word of God. So we know that God is dealing with him as he pours into him so that he can come back and continue to pour into us. So we ask that you will all keep him in your prayers. So I count it an honor and a blessing to be here with you this evening in his stead. I am Pastor Colleen Daly, and this is a special edition of Bible Study for Life on this, the 1,686th episode of Purpose Kingdom Network. I would um, also like to take this opportunity to welcome all of you who are listening all over the world via the Internet, which is located at www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom, as well as those who are listening in via our different social media pages via the Blog Talk link and also those listening in by phone. Now, I would like to tell you before we dive into God's word, if you would like to join in on our conversation this evening, please feel free to call the number 319-527-6091. Again, that number is 319-527-6091. And if you would like to speak live on the air with us, Just hit the number one, and our um, engineer will let us know that you're on the air and ready to join into the conversation. Amen? Because we have a lot to talk about this evening, we are going to jump right in. So please grab your Bible, something to write with, and something to write on, and let's get ready to study, to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of God. Amen? Now, our scripture reading for this evening is, uh, we're going to be in the Old Testament. It's coming from Second Samuel. We're going to be in the book of 2 Samuel, and we're going to be in two locations. We are going to be in 2 Samuel chapter 4, verse 4, and then we're going to jump over, staying in 2 Samuel, to chapter 9, beginning at verse 1. Amen? So we're going to start with 2 Samuel chapter 4, verse 4, and then we're going to jump over to chapter 9, verses 1 through 11, beginning at verse 1. So the scripture reads in 2 Samuel 4 and 4, Jonathan, Saul's son, had a son who was lame in his feet. He was five years old when the news about Saul and Jonathan came from Jezreel, and his nurse took him up and fled. 
and it happened as she made haste to flee that he fell and became lame. His name was Mephibosheth. Amen. His name was Mephibosheth. Now we jump down to chapter 9, verse 1, 2 Samuel chapter 9, verse 1. And it reads, David asked, is there anyone still left of the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now, there was a servant of Saul's household named Ziba. They summoned him to appear before David, and the king said to him, are you Ziba? At your service, he replied. The king asked. And when we say the king, we are talking about David. The king asked, is there no one still alive from the house of Saul to whom I can show God's kindness? Ziba answered the king, there is still a son of Jonathan. He is lame in both feet. Where is he, the king asked. Ziba answered, he is at the house of Makar, son of Emil in Lodabar. So King David had him brought from Lodabar, from the house of Makar, son of Emil. When Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David, he bowed down to pay him honor. David said, Mephibosheth, at your service, he replied. Don't be afraid, David said to him but I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will always eat at my table. Sibosheth bowed down and said, what is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? Mm. Then the king summoned Ziba, Saul's steward and said to him, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons and your servants are to farm the land for him and bring in the crop so that your master's grandson may be provided for. And Mephibosheth, grandson of your master, will always eat at my table. Now, Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Then Ziba said to the king, your servant will do whatever my lord, the king, commands his servant to do. So Mephibosheth ate at at David's table like one of the amen. And we just read uh, 2 Samuel chapter 4, verse 4, as well as 2 Samuel chapter 9, verses 1 to 11, and we know that the word of the Lord is already blessed. So we're going to, before we go into the study, we are going to stop and have a word of prayer. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you. We glorify you. We magnify your holy name this evening, Father. Hallelujah, God. We come before you first and foremost, Father God, as bad children before a good Father, we come repenting of any sins we may have committed, whether it was through thought, deed, or action, knowingly or unknowingly, Lord, sins of omission as well as sins of commission, Father God. We ask forgiveness right now in the mighty name of Jesus. We ask that you cast it into the sea of forgetfulness that it may not rise up against us At that great day of judgment, Father God, we ask for a repenting spirit to fall upon us that we turn completely from those things in the mighty name of Jesus, God. Hallelujah, God. Then, Father God, as we come before you in this corporate body this evening, Father God, through this corporate prayer, Father God, no matter where the people may be listening this evening, Father God, we pray that your spirit will fall afresh and anew in the mighty name of Jesus, Father, from the crown of their heads to the sole of their feet, Father God. We ask that your spirit will blow through households and neighborhoods this evening, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, Father God. We ask for your spirit to flow through the White House this evening, Father God, through the Supreme Court, Father God, through Congress and the Senate, Father God, through every different governmental branch, Father God. We bring them before you, Father God, because it is you who have allowed them to be in these positions to make decisions for our lives, Father God. So we bring them to you, Father God, asking you to touch those who are not saved and to bring them into the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ in the mighty name of Jesus, Father. We ask that you will go through hospitals this evening, Father God, no matter where they are, who they are, with the spirit of healing, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, God. We ask that this evening breakthroughs take place in the mighty name of Jesus, Father God. We ask, Father God, that you move by your might and your power in the name of Jesus as our Jehovah Jireh meeting the needs of people wherever they may be this evening, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, God. Then, Lord, I surrender to you this evening, to your will and to your way, Father God. As I hide behind the Holy Cross, Father God, I ask you to use me as you see fit, Father God. As I die to self, that you may fill me up with your spirit and wool and have power as you see fit this evening, Father God. In the mighty name of Jesus, Father. Hallelujah, God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Thank you, Lord. We ask, Father God, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Matter of fact, because you have given us the power through the blood of Jesus Christ, we demand the enemy to stand down, hallelujah, in the mighty name of Jesus. That spirit of depression is rebuked in the name of Jesus. We plead the blood of Jesus upon everybody who is battling depression this evening. In the mighty name of Jesus, healing shall begin to take place even now, hallelujah, God, just begin to rejoice, hallelujah, and receive that which God has for you this evening. Hallelujah, God, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
financial breakthrough that someone is praying for this evening, Father God. We ask that you meet their need, for the earth is still yours and the fullness thereof. Hallelujah, God. We ask that you turn naysayers into yaysayers in the mighty name of Jesus. Then, Lord, as I always ask, I humbly and preciously plead that you will allow the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart to be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer, that you will draw some lost soul to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and some backslidden soul back into right relationship. It is in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. We thank God, we bless God, and we bless God for the word this evening as we are coming again from Second Samuel um, chapter 4, verse 4, as well as chapter 9, verses 1 through 11. Key character right this second this evening would happen to be Mephibosheth. Amen. Uh, um, There's a lot that we can gather from the story of Mephibosheth. He was born of royalty. He was third in succession to become the king of Israel. He was the firstborn grandson to King Saul's firstborn, Jonathan, which in all honesty meant that upon the death of Saul and upon the death of Jonathan, he should have been next to take the throne. So he was destined for great things. Uh, He was born for great things, but something happened that derailed his appointment for greatness. Amen? Now, the scripture tells us when he was five years old, his father and his grandfather were killed in battle. Um, it says Jonathan, Saul's son, had a son who was lame in his feet. He was five years old when the news about Saul and Jonathan came from Jezreel, and his nurse took him up and fled. And it happened as she made haste to flee that he fell and became lame. His name was Mephibosheth. Now, once his family were killed, as I said, and he got dropped, he became lame. So instead residing in the palace where destiny said upon his birth that he belonged, he ended up living in a place called low dabar now i i i know that the first part of what we just read is talking about how he became lame but just stay with us for a second and we're going to make it all make sense so this child that was born for greatness this child that was born to be the future king at the age of five, that destiny was derailed from him. And instead of being able to walk in his royalty, he became lame in his feet. Instead of being able to live in the palace, he lived in a place called Lodabar. Now, it took eight more years 
from the death of Saul and Jonathan before King David had acquired the throne. Now, I don't know if you all know the story, but uh, Saul was first appointed and anointed as king. Saul turned on God. Uh, God decided, okay, Saul, that's how you want to play. I'm going to remove my anointing from you, and I'm going to take the kingdom from you. And he sent the prophet to anoint David. Now, David and Saul went back and forth through some stuff throughout time, as you can read for yourselves in First Samuel. Um, it, it, it really is. Um, something that I encourage you to read for yourself so you can get even a deeper and better understanding of the dynamics of David, Saul, and Jonathan. And what I need you to know is although Saul, the king, stored to kill King David out of jealousy just because the anointing was on David and no longer on him. I'm going to say that again because somebody needs to hear that. Just because Saul, the king, was seeking to kill David because the anointing of God was now on David and no longer on him. Somebody needs to hear that because they're wondering why they're going through some of the things that they're going through, why people are turning against them, why people are running their names through the mud, why people are lying on them and misusing them and abusing them. And I need you to understand that the problem that is going on is not really with you, my darling. The problem is really and truly that they are upset because the anointing of God is on you and not on them. Somebody needs to accept the fact that God's favor is not fair. I don't know who told you his favor was fair. He said that he has no perspective of persons, but he also said, I'll bless who I choose to bless and I'll reject who I choose to reject. So God's favor ain't fair. And yes, people will be jealous of the fact that God's anointing is on you. So because of that, Saul sought to kill David. And whatever happened, the war took place. And then this war taking place after David was anointed to be the next king, King, uh, king Saul and his son Jonathan were killed in battle. Now, the, the crazy part of the dynamic is that Jonathan, who should have been jealous of David because he was second in line to become king, Jonathan and David was the best of friends. Hallelujah, God. Jonathan saved David's life a couple of times and from his own father, and David saved Jonathan's life out on the battlefield. But I'm saying all of that to say that Jonathan and David were good friends. Thus, why when we jump to chapter 9 in 2 Samuel, we hear King David saying, is there anyone left in the house of Saul that I may show kindness to for Jonathan's sake? Amen. So now it took eight years um, before David remembered his love and his friendship with Jonathan. Jonathan, It took time. Mephibosheth would have been 21 years old. So that means for 16 years, this young man who was born into the palace lived in the slums. Uh, for 16 years, this young man uh, that was born to control and take care of the nation was controlled and cared for by others. For 16 years, why would it go on for so long? Well, the truth of the matter is because the stage had to be set. Oh, what does that have to do with us today? 
some of the things that God told us when we were children. Some of us are still waiting for some promises to come to fruition, and we feel like he has forgotten about us. He has forgotten about what he promised. You're just now coming into the place for God to do those things that he had prophesied along time ago. Hallelujah. How do I know? Because I hear God saying, is there anyone out there of the bloodline of Jesus Christ that I may show kindness to for Christ's sake? Hallelujah. Uh, There are some things that God whispered to you in your youth, and all of a sudden the stage is just now set. Certain things had to happen. Circumstances had to change. Certain people had to die. Uh, 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 Certain people had to move. Certain things had to shift. But God is getting you ready to do something at this stage that he told you about a long time ago. Hallelujah. He set you apart and he called you and he is going to do something in your life. Hallelujah, God. Be not weary in well-doing, for you shall reap in due season if you faint not. God has selected you since you were a child, and it looks like he's forgotten about you. But God has sent me this evening to tell you he has not forgotten. Hallelujah. He has not forgotten you. Hallelujah, God. The songwriter, I believe it was Israel, he wrote a song, God is not forgotten. God is not forgotten. God is not forgotten. He knows my name. Hallelujah, God. That means he has not forgotten you. He had to move some things. He had to change some things. He had to break some things even in you. He had to shape you. He had to remake you. But you are about to step into your season, hallelujah, and things are about to break forth in your life. Hallelujah, God. Is there anybody in the house tonight that has a fight in their spirit? Is there anybody in the house today that although it is the start of the fourth quarter, hallelujah, all y'all know I'm a football person, it's the start of the quarter, and you are a touchdown away from winning the game because you are currently tied, but you only got about one second left to get that ball into the end zone. Hallelujah, God. And you feel like you're about to just lose the game because how can you do it? But I need you to understand that no matter what it is you feel like, no matter how short time may seem to be, this evening it is the day that you are now ready and the stage has been set for a comeback. Hallelujah, God. The stage has been set for a comeback. Uh, wherever you may be in your homes, in the, uh, uh, at work, in your cars, wherever you may be listening, I need you to tell yourself the stage has been set. Hallelujah for my comeback. Y'all thought I was down. Y'all thought I was out. (laughs) The enemy thought I had given up, but God was just getting stuff in order for me, for me to come back into the place 
that I was destined to be. Hallelujah, God. Now, the second verse says, now, there was a servant of Saul. We are now in 2 Samuel 9, uh, chapter 9, verse 2. It says, now, there was a servant of Saul's household named Ziba, and they summoned him to a pair before David and the king and said unto him, Are you Ziba? And at your service, he replied. The king asked, Is there no one still alive from the house of Saul to whom I can show God's kindness? And Ziba answered the king, There is still a son of Jonathan. He is lame in both feet. So they called Ziba, and it makes sense that they were called Ziba because he was of the house of Saul. Uh, Ziba was not of the house of David. He was not of the house of any of David's comrades. He was directly a servant to Saul. He was of the house of Saul. And how many of you know sometimes to get real information, you need to be able to access uh, hallelujah. So he called Ziba and he asked him, is there anybody left? Now, he didn't ask is anybody in the house of David about the people in the house of Saul. He wanted somebody who was inside the house of Saul. He wanted somebody that when they answered, he knew their answer would be sure and true. Hallelujah. And he says, Zibba, you are part of the house of Saul. Is there anyone left? Don't worry. I am going to be nice. I want to show kindness too. And he said, there's nobody left except Jonathan's crippled child. And he's down in low dad bar and he's lame in both his feet. Now that brings me to the only person uh, left that could get in the way of destiny. The the only one who was still connected to Saul that would have any legal uh, arguable right to make or take the throne. Uh, David said, bring him out of Lodabar. That's how awesome God is. Now, what you have to understand is when he called Ziba, the first thing, thank you, Lord, because he's not letting me move past this without this little side note. It's funny because although Ziba told uh, David about Mephibosheth, he also threw some shade on Mephibosheth. Basically, like, you know, what you want him for? He lame in both feet. He can't stand. He can't walk. He can't do anything for you. And although he was meant to be in the palace, he now lives in the slums. Somebody has had that spoken over their life at some point and at some time where somebody has said, oh, he or she was meant to live in the palace, but now they live in the in the slums. They were meant for greatness, but now they're doing really bad. They, they were meant to be uh, 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 rulers, but now they're addicts. They were meant to walk in freedom, but now they're walking in bondage. They, they were meant to be, but now they are less than because of where they are. Hallelujah. But what did David say? David said, bring him out of low Dabar. Now, the other part I want you to know is that Low Dabar was considered a place where there was no water. Water did not flow there. Uh, uh, um, it was considered biblical.
times are slums. Um, I, I, I don't know what the worst part of your neighborhoods or cities may be, but I want you to think of your worst neighborhood and city situation and then take away the electric and the plumbing and all of those conveniences that we have today, and now you know what low dad bar looks and smells like. Amen? So this is where the person, Mephibosheth, Jonathan's child, was living, and in this situation, David bring him out of Lodabar. Here again, and hallelujah, I didn't see it when I was first studying it, but I'm blessing God that he is showing it to me now. In this position, David is acting as a type of Christ. Hallelujah, God. Because before we begun to walk in the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, we were living in our low dad bars. Hallelujah, God. We were nothing but a filthy rag, a stench in the sight of God, and that was on our best days. Hallelujah, God. If you don't believe me, check God's word on that. Hallelujah. But when Jesus came, God loved us so much that he did not leave us in Lodabar. Remember, when he created us, he created us to dwell with him, to reside with him, to commune with him in eternity past. It was the Garden of Eden, but then there was a fallout between Adam, Eve, and God, hallelujah. Now, God could have chosen being that we were the ones that messed up to leave us in our mess, hallelujah. But when he said, is there anyone, hallelujah, that I can show kindness to, that in the bloodline of Jesus Christ, for the sake of Jesus Christ, hallelujah, they sent him to pull us up out of our low dad bars. Hallelujah, God. So David said, go and get him. Now, remember, he, he was five, he was a five-year-old boy when the uh, nurse snatched him up and dropped him. This man that would have been been the king had become lame in both his feet. He would have been a successor to the throne, but he was lame in both his feet. He would have been living in the palace that David was living in, but he was lame in both his feet. He would have sat on his father's throne and been a rightful heir, but he was lame in both his feet. I want to talk to some lame people this evening. I I need to talk. God has sent me to talk to some people that society has made you believe or situations has caused you to be lame in both your feet. I want to talk to some people that could have been, should have been, would have been, but somebody dropped them along the way. I need to talk to some people that ended up in a situation that wasn't even their fault, but Somebody you were trusting in dropped you in such a way that they left you damaged for years. Hallelujah, God. Is there anybody out there this evening that knows what it's like, hallelujah, to be damaged for years, to be broken for years, to be twisted for years, to be mangled for years, to be crying out for years, to be nervous for years, to be traumatized for years. Before there was PTSD, we find 
Mephibosheth had post-traumatic stress disorder, hallelujah, God, because he had been sick so long. He had been in his situation for so long. He had been in this location for so long that he did not believe he was worthy of being anything, anywhere else. So he moved to Lodabar. He went down into Lodabar. He was the right person. But he was in the wrong place. Hallelujah, God. Somebody going to catch that this evening. You're the right person. You're just in the wrong place. And when I say that, I'm not talking about where you're worshiping at. I'm not talking about where you're working at. I'm not talking about what you're doing. I'm talking about where your mental state is. You're the right person for God to use, but mentally you are in the wrong place. But in the name of Jesus, God has sent me to bring you out of Lodabar this evening. Hallelujah, God. He has sent me to preach the gospel in freedom of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, God. The man who not only came into this world and lived for you, but more importantly, he died for you. And then he did not just stop at dying for you, but he rose from the grave the first fruit of our resurrection to offer us not just the forgiveness of sins, but eternal life. Hallelujah, God. Eternal life with him and in him. But we have to be willing to accept him. We're the right person, the right people for God to you. But because someone drops us along the way, that situation has gotten in the way of our destiny. The only one still connected to Saul that would have any right was living in Lodabar. God has made some promises. You have prayed some prayers. You have walked the floors at night calling out unto God, saying, Lord, get them. Lord, fix them. But how about God fix me? Hallelujah. Fix my mind. Fix my heart. Yeah, I know they dropped you. Hallelujah, God. I know they dropped you. And it wasn't your fault that they dropped you. It wasn't their fault that they raped you. It wasn't their fault they abused you. It wasn't your fault that they murdered your sons or your daughters, your fathers, your mothers, your husbands, your wives. It wasn't your fault. But Jesus has sent me to bring you out of low bad bar saying it is time for you to take your rightful place in the palace. It is time for you to come and be the right and, and walk as the rightful heir that you are. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. It is time for you to say no more. What's really funny to me is that when David told Mephibosheth that he was going to give him his father's, uh, his grandfather's land and his grandfather's home and all of his grandfather's wealth. His first words was, why would you do that to a dead dog like me? 
Why, why, why did dog like me? Hallelujah, God. We got to get out of that mindset. Because, yes, we once were dead, but now we are alive, and we are alive through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah, God. There's deliverance in Christ Jesus if we are just willing to walk in it. Hallelujah. We're going to let go of the woulda, coulda, shoulda. I would have been a, a, a doctor, but somebody dropped me out. I, I would have been a dean or a professor, but, you know, my parents dropped me out. I, I would have been a bank president or a scholar, but the school system dropped me. I, I, I would have been a leading expert or a scientist or an inventor, an engineer, but the the science fields dropped me. I, I would have been a preacher or a pastor or a minister, but the church Drop me, and when somebody drops you to the point that you are willing to sit for sixteen years in a low dab bar and not even speak about who you actually are, oh, you've been hurt. But when I'm blessing and praising God is today, Jesus is breaking the silence. Because silence is brought about by shame. And if you can break the shame, then you can break the silence. And God is saying tonight the shame is broken. Hallelujah. For I am doing a new thing in you, says Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. God is not only going to do a new thing in your life, he is going to do a new thing in your surrounding because you are are the right person, and even though you are not in the right place, you don't think you're remarkable, you don't think you're gifted, you don't think you demand attention, you don't think you have the skill, you don't think you have the uh, vocabulary, God has sent the spirit of Jesus Christ through myself to say to you, come out of Lodabar because you have been summoned before the king in the palace. Hallelujah, hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. Somebody don't believe that the king would summon you. So then I'm just going to kick you out of low dad bar. You have been given your eviction notice in the name of Jesus. You must leave and go to the palace. The only place you're going to find rest is in the king's presence. The only place you're going to find peace is in the king's presence. The only place you're going to find growth is in the king's presence. And I'm not talking about King David. I'm talking about the king of kings, Jesus the Christ, the God-man, the Messiah. Hallelujah, God. So now, uh, 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 David gives all of these things to Mephibosheth. And in him giving all of these things to Mephibosheth, some might think it was a sign of cruelty because, after all, he was lame in both feet. But remember Saul's old servant, Ziba, <laughs> hallelujah, God, the one that made sure he brought it to David's attention that he was lame in both his feet. Well, what happened was 
David made Ziba, and not just Ziba, but Ziba, Ziba's servant, Ziba's children, Ziba's children's servant. All of them had to go and serve and work for and under the man who was lame in both feet. Hallelujah, God. What does that have to do with somebody this evening? Somebody sitting there hurt because somebody done talked bad about them. Understand that God is getting ready to twist this situation around, that they who said you couldn't, wouldn't, would have never, should have never, whatever, those are the ones God is going to turn around and say, now you going to work the land for Now you're going to work the land for them. Now you're going to take this situation and make it better, because after all, you're the one that let me know where his thoughts were. You're the one that let me know where he fell weak at. Hallelujah, God. That's a place to rejoice right there. Then he's saying his word that he would make your enemies your footstools. Hallelujah, God. And thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. It's just so awesome to see what God is doing and what God can do. Hallelujah. Now, the next thing we see is that Mephibosheth is now not only living in the palace, but he's eating at the king's table. Somebody need to get that. The Lord has set a table before you in the presence of your enemies. He has anointed your head with oil and has allowed your cup to run it over. Hallelujah, God. You have been invited to feast, to sit at the king's table, not as a visitor or a guest, but as the heir of salvation, a heir of eternal life, a heir of more abundant life. Even now, hallelujah, God, you have been invited to walk into the freedom of Jesus Christ. You have been asked and invited to walk into the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, God. And it is not something that is difficult to do. It is actually something that is very simple. Hallelujah. And right now what I'm going to do is I'm going to, and I know this person was not expecting me to ask this, but I'm going to ask Evangelist um, Todd if he would come on and do the call of salvation for us. And right afterwards, we're going to have um, Brother Robert come on and give the announcement, and then we will be back to close out. Amen, Brother Todd? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. If you are full of tonight that the Lord is talking to you, and you know that you deserve and calling out to Christ, right now I just want you to say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. For I accept you. Cleanse me that I may be pure unto you. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. And in Jesus' name, if you have said this, we invite you to find yourself to a nice church, a Bible-based study in church, that the word of God will be poured into you, that you will learn about Jesus, and you learn to walk strongly with Jesus. Brother Rob? Yes. Okay. Real quickly, I'm going to go ahead and do the announcements, and we'll go ahead and bring Pastor Toy back on. Uh, thank you so much for joining us for tonight's program, no matter where in the world you're listening to us. This is the Product Purpose Kingdom Network, and we thank you uh, for joining us, no matter where in the world you are. 
whether you're listening to us online or via phone. We thank you so much for your support and your listenership, and also for thanks for telling your friends and family members that Purpose Kingdom Network is on the air. If you want to correspond with us here at Purpose Kingdom Network via email, you can correspond with us at PurposeKingdomNet at gmail.com where you can send your comments, questions, concerns. You can simply say hello or send a prayer request. We gladly honor that. Uh, anytime we do live broadcast, we're broadcasting live on www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. And uh, anytime you want to hear any of our, our previous shows, you can just simply type in the show name or the host name and you can hear that show in its entirety and at your convenience. Uh, also, uh, while we're doing live broadcast, you can call in on the number of 319-527-6091. You can press the number one, and uh, we'll get you in to talk to uh, any one of our hosts. Okay, and uh, with that, uh, okay, we'd like to let you know that PKN, Purpose Kingdom Network, has its own radio network, pkn.com. Uh, please feel free to listen in to uh, pkn.com, where we have 24 hours of music of inspiration, and from time to time we do uh, a re, may rebroadcast one of our previous shows, right? Uh, and also with that being said, with God's will and God's blessing, we hope you join us tomorrow evening at the 8 p.m. hour, uh, and we're going to have the turning points with Elder Charles and Reverend Maureen Lee. Uh, once again, with God's will and God's blessing, we hope you join us tomorrow evening at the 8 p.m. hour, and it's going to be the turning points. And it's going to be hosted by Elder Charles and Reverend Maureen Lee. All right. And with that being said, that's going to be the end of the announcements. And um, we're going to turn the show back over to Pastor Toy. And Pastor Toy, great show. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Brother Rob. Thank you, Evangelist Todd. I, I, you know, when I look at what God is doing, when I look at what the people of God have been going through, when I look at what I myself personally have been going through, I can't help sometimes but to wonder what God is doing. Because at times he takes me into places and spaces that I feel like I don't belong. Although I have a degree, I don't have the degrees that a lot of others have. I don't always speak as fluently as most. I at times stutter if I get excited about what I'm talking about. And I'm going to tell you, if you can get me in a good conversation about the love of Jesus, I'm probably going to stutter some because I'm going to get real excited. Hallelujah, God. My sister uh, uh, used to tease me and tell me, uh, the funny thing is, Toy, the only time you don't stutter is when you're preaching or teaching. Amen? So I, I, I know what it's like to feel like somebody dropped you, a situation happened that dropped you. But what I want you to understand is that when you come in the presence of the king, and he sits you at the table. When you sit down, although you may not feel like everyone else, you may think you don't look 
like everyone else. The truth of the matter is when he sits you at the table, you going to look just like everyone else. And the everyone else you're going to look like is not the everyone else of the world, but you're going to look like the everyone else that is covered by the blood of the Lamb through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, God. Because when God looks on us, he does not see us for who we are. He sees the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. If you can remember in the book of Exodus, when God was about to free the children of Israel out of Egypt, the night of the Passover, he told them to take the lamb's blood and put it on the mantle and doorpost of their doors, because at midnight, he was going to walk through uh, 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 Egypt. And and let me clarify, because people like to say death was coming. No, if you read the word of God, he didn't say death is coming through Egypt. He said, I'm walking through, hallelujah, God, the land of Egypt, and I'm killing the firstborn of every Egyptian because of them having such a hard heart and because of the cruelty that they have shown to my people and because they are refusing to allow my people to walk in the freedom of a relationship with me. He said, I'm coming through the land, but when I see the blood, hallelujah, God, I will pass over that house. Everybody in the house where I see the blood will remain safe from my wrath. Hallelujah, God. Remember, the word of God says that we are the righteousness of God, not because we are righteous. The whole statement says we are the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus because he sees the blood. The enemy jumps up and says, well, God, that's a murderer. And he said, yeah, I know he murdered somebody, but I see the blood. If you don't believe me, look at Saul, whose name was changed to Paul. Uh, they, They said, well, God, the enemy jumped up and said, well, God, that man right there, that woman right there, they're an adulterer. And the enemy, and God said to the enemy, yes, I know that they may have been an adulterer, but I see the blood of God, of Jesus, upon them. And if you don't believe me, just go talk to one of the people we're talking about today, King David. He said, the enemy rose up and said, well, God, that person right there is hot-tempered and a fighter. And he said, yeah, I know they are, and they are cusser too, but I see the blood of the lamb upon them. Hallelujah, God. If you don't believe me, just go talk to Peter. Hallelujah, God. He said, where I see the blood, I will pass you over. So what I'm trying to tell you is that when you sit at the table, God is past prepared for you in the presence of your enemies at the king's table because you are sitting down. No one can actually see the lameness of your feet. Hallelujah, God. So you're going to look like everybody else at the table. Hallelujah, God. You're going to begin to speak like those at the table. Hallelujah, God. And guess what? Through time, you're going to begin to move and walk. Hallelujah, God, like those 
at the table. Hallelujah, God. And and how do I know this to be true? Not only because he's done it for me in the past, but he's doing it for me right now. Hallelujah. God is beginning to speak to me differently. Amen. As I begin to pray a little more and read a little more, he has begun to speak to me differently. Normally, it would be through dreams or, 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 or in prayer, and he would make me drop the night see or hear something, or I would be preaching and the Holy Spirit would begin to speak, or praying and the Holy Spirit would begin to speak. But now God is just beginning to talk to me through his spirit. He, he He's saying things like, tell this person this, or turn around and go the other way and do this or do that. And, and I'm not used to hearing him in that manner. So sometimes I question what it is I'm hearing because I'm lame in my feet in that aspect. Hallelujah, God. But the other day, uh, my fiance and I, we were driving up to Coatesville, and the route that we were going, we weren't speeding or anything like that. However, God said to me, tell him to slow down. And I questioned that. I looked at the speedometer, and I'm like, okay, we're going a little under the speed limit. We we good. And I heard God say again, tell him to slow down. And as I looked over to tell him, God had allowed him to see the emergency stop that was right in front of us, and he was able to put on the brakes and get into the other lane. And I told him what happened, but I also immediately prayed. I said, Lord, forgive me for not being obedient because I, I, I know I heard you, but I wasn't sure that was you. And what he said to me amazed me, and it's a part of what brought us back to this topic this evening because what he said was, don't worry. I got you covered. Hallelujah, God. He said, I got you covered because of the blood of Christ. I got you covered. You may not, because you're still getting used to that frequency, you may not have heard it or understood that, yes, that was me telling you. However, I've got you covered. So when he said he will sit you at a banquet table in front of your enemies or in the presence of your enemies with the tablecloth hanging down, which is the spirit of God. Hallelujah, God. He's saying, I've got you covered. Hallelujah. I don't know who you are. I don't know where you are. I don't know what you may be going through. But I know that this evening, God is saying to you, time, the stage has been set. He's calling you into the palace. Come and accept the gift of God that lays before you. Accept walking in the freedom of Jesus Christ. For the word of God tells us who the sun sets free is free indeed. Hallelujah, God. Just come back unto him. Because understand, once you do, it will be the greatest comeback of your life. And if anybody wants to know what our topic was this evening, that's what it was, the comeback. The comeback. 
and God has set you up for an awesome comeback. Somebody out there is saying, oh, no, that's impossible because I haven't even been training the right way. He's not going to do that. Well, see, what you have to understand is how God works. He trains you where you are. Do you remember the karate kid, the uh, young boy asked uh, Mr. Miyagi to teach him how to do karate because he was being bullied and beat up. And he agreed to, and he said, come here, I want you to paint the fence for me. He said, no, don't just splash the paint. When you paint, you have to move your hand up and down in different strokes and directions. You have to move it down and stop and up and stop and keep your arms stiff and flow your wrist. And he was giving them instructions, and the young man did it, and he came back and he said, all right, now, I, I did defense like you asked me to. I, I really want you to teach me how to defend myself. And Mr. Miyagi said, okay, come here. He said, look, I got two claws right here and a bottle of wax. I want you to use your right hand and rub the wax on. I want you to use your left hand and rub the wax off. And when you do, I want you to just go wax on, wax off, wax on, wax off. And he showed them how to do it. And the young man did what he told them to do. And he came back. He said, listen, now, I done painted your fence. I done waxed your car. Now, I I want you to teach me how to do karate. And Mr. Miyagi said, okay, no problem. Come here. I need you first to sweep and then mop this floor. This is the way you sweep it, and this is the way you mop it. And the young man did what he said, and when Mr. Miyagi came back, he said, you know what, that's it. You said you was going to teach me how to do karate. You said you was going to teach me how to stand up for myself. And all you taught me how to do was to paint a fence, whack the car, and sweep a mop of floor. He said, but I did teach you karate. He said, look at this. I'm going to throw a punch, and I want you to do uh, paint on, up and down, painting the fence. And he threw the punch, and what the young man realized was that every time Miyagi threw the punch and he did the movement of painting the fence, he was actually blocking the punches. When he would do wax on and wax off, he was blocking punches. When he was learning, uh, uh, doing the move of sweeping the floor, he was literally blocking kicks. So what what the point of it is was although what he was doing in his mind did not seem like he was being taught what he needed to know to go to the next step, while he was doing it, he was actually learning it. What does that have to do with somebody this evening? Then we are going to close out. God is saying that what you've been through, sweetheart, what you've been through, my brother, you have been through it in preparation for the stage that has been set that you are about to walk on. Hallelujah, God. All your wax on and wax off is about to come into fruitation and you are about to understand. Hallelujah, God. That rape that you went through is going to be so that you can help others heal. That addiction he allowed you to overcome is going to be so that you can help others walk into the freedom of addiction. Those jail sentences that you have turned your life away from is so that you can help other brothers and sisters do the same. Those things that God has allowed you to go through, he has allowed you to go through so that you can take that and minister to others who are going through, letting them know that no matter what it may look like, Jesus is not forgotten you. God has not forgotten you, and he has prepared you for the great comeback. Hallelujah, 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for the word that has gone forth this evening. We, Father God, by faith, thank you for the soul that we believe gave their life to Christ, for that soul we believe that came back into right relationship with you this evening, no matter where they may be, Father God. We thank you, we glorify you, and we magnify you, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah, God. We ask, Father God, that as we depart from this uh, conference, Father God, and from this blog, Father God, but never from your presence, that you will remain with us, stay with us, continue to minister to us throughout the evening, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, Father. We thank you for the breakthroughs that you have allowed to take place this weekend, Father God. We thank you for the overturning of a life sentence verdict, Father God. We just Thank you, Father God, and praise your holy name for all that you have done, for all that you are currently doing, and for all that we are believing you to do. Now, Father God, we ask that the grace and the uh, sweet communion of your Holy Spirit will rest, rule, and abide with us, your people, henceforth and forevermore. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Amen, amen, amen. My brothers and my sisters, thank you for joining in with us this evening. Thank you for allowing me to be a partaker of the word of God with you. And remember, no matter what it may look like, this is your season. It is time for your comeback. Good night and God bless. Jesus led. He raised me, I will not lose. He saved me, I will not lose. Set me free, I will not lose. Never wanna see me down, I will not lose.